Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience or at church1132.com. My grandmother, Wilson was her name, was of Scottish and Irish descent. Scottish, Irish, and Welch. I found out in an Ancestry DNA test that I was indeed those things and then a whole lot more. Kind of that mongrel, American, uh, typical European-American kind of guy. But Grandma Wilson used to quote a lot of Irish blessings. And in her quotes, some of them were really spiritual and some of them were not so spiritual. May your pockets be heavy, may your heart be light, and may good luck pursue you both morning and night. May you spend a half hour in heaven before the devil knows you're dead. <laughs> this was my favorite as a kid. As you slide down the banister of life, may the splinters always face the right way. <laughs> may the roads rise to meet you. You've probably heard this old Irish blessing. May the wind be at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face, the rain fall soft upon your fields, and until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Now, I don't know what kind of blessing or the word even, what is registered in your mind when you hear that word blessing. It means a lot of different things to a lot of different folks. And we're going to take a little time today to see what the Bible says about it. But I thought first we would watch this clip to see how errant we are at times. I'm not endorsing the movie. I always have a disclaimer, especially for all you conservative folks. I'm not telling you you should watch the movie. Just watch the clip, okay? Before we begin, since this is Aunt Bethany's 80th Christmas, I think she should lead us in the saying of grace. Oh, oh great. Uh, what, dear? Grace! Grace! She passed away 30 years ago. They want you to say grace. The blessing! Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. Amen. And maybe play ball. I don't know. The blessing. What is it? Perhaps it's more like we read from the breastplate of uh, St. Patrick, the most renowned Irish saint, who had this inscribed on his breastplate when he went into war, and it read like this, Christ be with me, Christ be within me, Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ beside me, Christ to win me, Christ to comfort me, Christ above me. 
Christ in quiet, Christ in danger, Christ in the hearts of all that love me, Christ in the mouth of friend and stranger. The blessing of God is realized when I come to know that the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the embodiment of the blessing of God. And when I take hold of him and he takes hold of me, I experience the blessing of God. There is something that's important about this particular book that I'm going to refer to today, the book or letter to the Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1 where at the very onset of the book, Paul dives in and he talks uh, very prolifically about the idea that God has blessed us. And he makes sure that we're rooted in the knowledge that his blessing has come to us in Christ. It's the only letter that Paul wrote that was not written for the purpose of correction. That makes it a very special letter. He wrote to the Colossians because they were errant about their theology about angels. He wrote to the Galatians because they misunderstood the grace of God and they put undue emphasis on doing and legalistic approaches to, to, to God. The Corinthians needed instruction and correction on multiplied issues, including morality, the person and work of the Holy Spirit, the operation of the Spirit gifts, how and when to receive offerings, how to celebrate communion, and the relationships of men and women and their respective roles in the church and more. I often say if God was writing a letter to the church in Seattle where I'm from or Allen, Texas today, it would be the book of Corinthians. On the other hand, Paul wrote this letter to the Ephesians to encourage their understanding of the far-reaching and high and lofty goals that God has put before us in Christ Jesus. In chapter 3, verse 20, he says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that it is, is at work in us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. From the very onset of the letter, Paul brings a spotlight, a focus upon the lofty notion of God's blessing. And he does it in high concentrated fashion in verse 3 of chapter 1, which is the text that I want you to walk out of here today and remember the most. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Bless God because he blesses us with spiritual blessings in Christ. The word blessing means approval. In Christ, I have God's approval. The word blessing means something that brings joy and peace. In Christ, I have joy and I have peace. The word blessing means a favor, especially if unmerited or undeserved. If I am blessed and I am in Christ, I have 
received an unmerited or undeserved favor. It's God's favor or protection. Three times in one verse, Paul uses a specific form of a Greek word to bring emphasis. This word we translate bless. Bless God because he blesses us with every spiritual blessing. Ulegeo. To speak well of is what it translates literally. It's the idea of speaking well of something or someone. When we have a funeral, if I'm officiating a funeral, there's always a part of that service as a, as a rule that we give a eulogy. That's where that word comes from. Ulegeo in the Greek language means to speak well of. We draw that English word eulogy from this Bible word. And when we have a funeral, we often stand up and speak all the great things we can about the person whose body lay before us. One time I did that. I remember in particular, and we can kind of go overboard apparently because a fellow came up to me and he said, Reverend, do you really know the guy that was laying in front of you? Because all those good things you said about him, it must be a different guy. <laughs> Paul is urging the Ephesians toward an upward focus by painting a picture of a powerful spiritual concept, this notion of blessing, this idea that it's more than what we did this morning alone, though what we did this morning was terrific. As a group, we got together and we said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And we sang it over and over in songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. We blessed God. We spoke well of him. In Ephesians 5.20, we're given that instruction. Speak to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Of all the things that I must keep right in front of my face to give thanks to the Lord for is the fact that he has chosen me in Christ. Think about the things that I thank the Lord for, that you thank the Lord for. Oh, thank you, Lord, for that great new car that I got. Thank you, Lord, we got the house we wanted. Thank you, Lord, that our vacation plans worked out. Thank you, Lord, that our kids got to go to the school that they wanted to go to. Thank you. Those are all good and wonderful things, but they so pale in light of the fact that the blessings I have inherited in Christ are above all else. And that's the one that I think I least thank the Lord for. I get all charged up and overjoyed when something good happens to my kids or my grandkids, but I'm not sure I get as charged up and overjoyed over the fact that I am in Christ and he is in me. If that is all I had to be thankful for, I could bless the Lord. 
There was a fellow that was in our church when I was pastoring in North Seattle. I was there for 18 years, so I had a lot of time to know people. I, you know, dedicated babies that ultimately uh, I actually did their weddings. And so it was terrific. Great blessing. There was one fellow in the church who was always complaining about the fact that everybody else had it better than him. He did it kind of tongue-in-cheek. He would joke about it. Oh, yeah, you're over here at my house eating all of my good cheese. He goes, you've got all the good cheese at your house, but then you come to my house and eat my cheese. He did it kind of tongue-in-cheek and as a joke. But down underneath those kinds of expressions, isn't it? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I decided one day, along with our music director, that we were just going to show Ray that he needed to be thankful for some things. And it was right during the gas crunch. I don't know if that even means anything to some of you younger people. We had to wait in line for gasoline. We'd wait up to two hours sometimes to get a half a tank of gas. They wouldn't let you top off your tank. You had to have less than a half a tank to pull up to the pump to be able to get gas because of the oil, oil embargoes that were uh, in place at the time from the Middle East. Gas took a whopping jump from 35 cents a gallon to 75 cents a gallon. <laughs> Ray had just bought a little Honda Civic. It was one of the early breeds of that particular car. Some of you will remember what they looked like when they first came out. And he just raved about that car all the time. So thankful for the Honda Civic. So we decided to bless Ray. And in the quiet of the night, with the cooperation of his wife, we got the key to the gas cap. We started putting gas into Ray's car. And he would come to church and he'd go, man, I love that car. He goes, I thought it was great when I first bought it. I was getting 30 miles to the gallon. He goes, the longer I drive it, the better it gets. <laughs> I'd say, Ray, see, you've got something to be thankful for. He goes, yeah, I'm getting 35 miles to the gallon. We'd go out in the middle of the night. One night we were putting gas in the car and a police car came down the street. Had his light. We dove into the bushes and I'm saying to my friend, how are we going to explain to him we're putting gas in the car? <laughs> Long story short, we worked Ray up from 30 miles to the gallon to about 189 miles to the gallon. <laughs> I go, come on, Ray, you got to catch on. This is getting expensive and it's taking a lot of time. And so I remember we tried to bring it to a close and I sent him a postcard and said, we're doing a test in your area. And uh, if you buy gas at such and such a station, which is the one I knew, we're putting a special additive in the gas. And if you're getting extra mileage, then we want to hear about it. So he writes back on the card, oh yeah, here's the story, here's the facts. <laughs> one day he called me at church pastor I need to talk to somebody what, what's wrong Ray he goes I think I'm losing my mind 
He said, I went to tank up like normal on Tuesday up here at the Arco station. And he said, uh, the guy put the nozzle in. Cha-ching! 0.6 gallons. I'd been driving all week. I had driven 200 and some miles. He goes, that means I'm getting 343 miles to the gallon. <laughs> Bless God. <laughs> Now I'm starting to feel guilty. We did finally reveal it to him. I told the story at his funeral, and he got a big, <laughs> he got a big kick about it. The point of me telling you that story is this. We always, if we are in Christ, we always, if I am in Christ, I always have something to be thankful for. Always. Because I am the heir, the recipient of the blessing of God in Christ Jesus. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. The point that Paul's making with the Ephesians is that when we were included in the boundaries of God's great salvation plan and my story intersects with God's story, and we talk about that a lot in the counseling ministry that we have in Seattle, when ministers, pastors, and missionaries come to see us, one of the early questions we will ask them is this one, tell me your story. Because when I hear your story, not only do I get to know you better, but I get to understand better what God is at work to do in you and through your story. When my story intersects with God's story, it makes for a whopping tale. <laughs> in the book of, of Hebrews... And I read from the message, the paraphrase. Do you see what this means? All of these pioneers who blazed the way, all of these veterans cheering us on, it means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, never quit, no extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside of God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through, and that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Spiritual blessing. The idea of blessing God has always been curious to me. It wasn't curious even as a boy to understand how God, the infinite creator of all, to include me, could bless me. I understood that. 
But when the psalmist said things like, bless the Lord, it raised a question for me. What do you mean, bless the Lord? What do I have to give the Lord, the one who created me, by way of blessing or favor? Well, when we understand the literal definition of the word, it it helps us, doesn't it? It means simply to speak well of the Lord. If I don't have what I want and I complain about it, am I blessing the Lord? If I am impatient with the timing of the Lord and I express that to those around me and to the Lord himself, am I blessing the Lord? When I take his name in vain, and I use it frivolously to express anger or frustration or to hurt someone, am I blessing the Lord? If we take the literal meaning of the word, we have to readily say, no, we're not. We are not allowing the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart to be pleasing in his sight. We're not speaking well of the Lord. David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name which was the, is the prayer I pray if I forget to pray before I take the first bite, by the way. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy day. <laughs> In Psalm 34, 1, he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in you, Lord. The humble will hear it and they'll be glad. Magnify the Lord with me. Exalt his name with me together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. You see, blessing goes both directions. When I bless the Lord, I receive blessings. Psalm 35.10 says, All my limbs shall say, Who is like you, O God? Jewish rabbinical teaching interprets these verses quite literally when in what's called the Midrash, a teaching document from the 11th century Jewish uh, commentary on the Old Testament, it states this. With my head, I bow my head down in prayer. With my neck, I fulfill the precept of wrapping one's self in worship by wearing fringes about it. With my mouth I praise, just as it says, my mouth shall speak of the praise of the Lord. With my face I prostrate myself, as it says, he fell down on his face to the earth. With my nose I smell the spices of the Sabbath. 
and with my ears I listen to the singing of the law. And it begins to help me understand, and Paul's calling upon the Ephesians to bless God with their total being, giving all of myself to the one who gave all of himself for me. And this concept of blessing as a lifestyle or attitude or posture becomes even clearer when I understand the Old Testament word translated blessing. The New Testament word is to speak well of, but the Old Testament word is to kneel or to bow. Bracha. Every time I bless the Lord, I am kneeling and bowing before him. And I am showing with my total being, my face to the ground, my humility before him, the one who made me, the one who saved me, the one who called me, the one who provides for me. I don't know if you've visited the Holy Land, but if you have and you've visited what's called the Western Wall, we used to call it the Wailing Wall. It's that remnant of the old temple mount wall that is still the original. And people will go there and insert small pieces of paper into the cracks of that wall. Maybe you've done it as I have. And on those papers are prayers. And they'll put those prayers in the wall and then you'll see some of the traditional, what we call Hasidic Jews, begin to pray. And they begin to move. It looks almost unnatural. And they're moving every part of their body, it seems. If you've seen them, it's just even, I can't do it for sure. Maybe if I was Michael Jackson, I could. But I, I can't begin to move like I watch them move. And I said to one of the Jewish scholars who was part of our group, I said, tell me what in the world they're doing. They said, they're doing what it says in the law. All of their body, their whole being is crying out to the Lord. Every movement is an act of worship. Every posture, every expression. Now, if I translate that to my life in general, not just the moments I'm here with you and I'm sitting on the front row and I raise my hands and you can look at me and go, oh yeah, that's what he's supposed to do. But in those quiet moments when I'm saying to the Lord, where are you? Why are you not here? Why are you not answering me? Why aren't you giving me what I feel that I need? It's in those moments that Paul's admonition comes so powerfully clear to me when God will remind me and say, Les, bless the God and Father of your Lord Jesus Christ who blesses you with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. How did we get from that Old Testament idea of kneeling 
to a New Testament idea of speaking and identify it as the same thing with the same word blessing. In fact, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, known as the Septuagint, the Greek word used to translate bracha is ulageo. So when the Hebrew says, I will bow before me, before you, Lord. The translators took that posture of humility and worship and they translated it into the Greek language, the Septuagint, and they said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Kneeling before God is a posture of praise, of adoration, of submission that speaks love to the one who loved me first. It speaks reverence to the one who regarded me when he was not obliged to do so, who loved me in that while I was yet a sinner, he demonstrated his love toward me, and Christ died for me. It demonstrates respect to the one who inhabited the earth, which is described in one place in Scripture as his very footstool. In Isaiah 66, 1, we read, This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? And the ultimate answer to that question was, God's designed this in such a way that your heart and mine is where he's decided to take up residence. I may have said this the last time I was here or one of the times the Lord has been drawing me back to a more simplistic understanding of his relationship to and with me Because the simple is often the most profound, and the profound is often recognized as the most simple. I am in Christ. He is in me. He lives and dwells in me. He lives and dwells in every one of us who cooperate with his preordained plan that says, I will establish these boundaries, and if you respond, 
I've demonstrated my love toward you in that while you were still a sinner, I died for you. Paul prays a pastoral prayer in this book, in that opening chapter, and it speaks something of the affection he had for the Ephesians. I read it to you this morning. Church 1132, this is our prayer. For this reason, what reason? Because God has blessed me in Christ with every spiritual blessing. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you. Remembering you in my prayers, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I also pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only to the present age, but also the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Now, if I interpret that correctly, whatever you walked in the door with this morning by way of need, by way of desire, by way of question, by way of frustration, that chapter tells me that it is met in Christ Jesus. And Paul's prayer to the Ephesians was, Can you, Lord, open the eyes of my heart so that I may know him? There's two Greek words that are used for the, the idea of knowledge. One is a word that speaks to knowledge, to know him. The word used in this particular, that, that word is gnosis. So if you know anything about uh, church history. The Gnostics thought they could know God and earn their way to salvation. But when I learn how to bless the Lord and I speak well of him in the midst of every circumstance, I don't just learn to know him, I learn to epinosis. I learn to know him here. 
in the eyes of my heart I see him. It's a different depth of relationship. It's more than just a knowledge of who he is. It is a relational connection by which I am never separated. I am always connected. He is in me and I am in him. And he empowers and he strengthens and he helps me resist temptation. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.